first time I flopped because I was like, I can't lie, this is my first time asking a girl out as a Christian. So I literally said, yo, Jesus, I know you didn't go out with no girl then, but how, how do you do this? Like, how would you do this thing? Bro, big man thing. I literally said that to God. <laughs> I was like, Lord. That to me. Big man thing. Like, I, I needed God's advice because I don't want to mess this up. Oh, and this was going to be my first Christian relationship. So I was like, yo, I need to make sure I've got this on point out here. <laughs> what would Jesus do, yeah? Bro, bro, there you go. What would Jesus do if he was asking to get out? So, um, so now big man thing. Like, I just, it was just one of the ones where just be... Because if you're gonna marry her and if she's gonna marry you, she's gonna marry exactly. She's gonna marry you. You're listening to Journey to Fatherhood, a podcast that inspires and equips men to becoming more intentional and feeling more supported on the journey to fatherhood. Why wait to become a father before learning how to be a good one? My name is Chinidimwenaya, a young man also on his journey with a desire to help men become great fathers despite their past personal experiences. I'll be sitting with different guests to bring you great value, sharing their knowledge and their experiences as we all embark on this amazing journey. This podcast, though targeted towards men, ladies, you will also gain great value from the conversations. Now, without further ado, let the journey begin. Hello and welcome to Journey to Fatherhood podcast, guys. It's an amazing time here. And this special guest that I have with me, I'm just going to go straight into it. We've known each other for years from going to encounter camps, church camps, going to revivals, concerts, and just meeting and seeing each other grow. And over the last few weeks, I actually remembered um, some of the memories we had in the past because something came up on Facebook where you know how it reminds you of the memories years ago. And I remembered how much we shared life together in terms of even though we went to different churches whenever we met he's a rapper he's more so he he did so much back then and he's still doing so much and it's amazing the journey he's had so without going too much in detail let me re- let you know right now he's an amazing husband he has a wonderful youtube channel with his wife and they talk about marriage and money and we're gonna get into that but without further ado i want to introduce you to my wonderful friend and brother jonathan Jonathan, how you doing, man? Hey, bro. Thank you so, so much for having me here, bro. It's a pleasure. And yeah, man, it's, it's looking forward to what we're going to be talking about. And yeah, Absolutely. man, let's share some, you know, good nuggets to these people out there. Definitely. And just for those that don't know you, if we're, because I now I want to make sure that people describe themselves in the way they want to be viewed as. Mm. So if you had to introduce yourself, how would you introduce yourself in terms of what you do, who you are? Yeah. No, thanks for that. Well, my name is Jonathan, and I am a wonderful husband, by God's grace. <laughs> I'm also a assistant accountant, so I work in the cosmetics industry. And at the same time, I am a rap artist. I do my own rap songs. And at the same time, I'm also a financial speaker. So I kind of like, you know, as you mentioned earlier on, bro, you know, me and my wife, we have a channel called Marriage and Money. And we're still working on that to be more than just a channel. You know, we're planning to do workshops. We're currently doing one-to-one sessions with people, just helping them out with their money. And soon, you know, just being able to give advice and share our marriage journey with other people, you know, in person and also online through our different social media networks. So, yeah, man, that's 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 who I am right at the moment. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And, guys, just to let you know, he's been rapping for a long time. So you could tell he's been through the... the it's not just like the music you hear now. 
So he has that proper rap. In terms, of, I remember when we were back in the when we used to do encounters, it would go it would a blend between spoken words, rapping, and just <laughs> ministration. It it was a, it was a very yeah. interesting one. Yeah. You'd come up to the stage like he guys just to let you know he used to be called preacher, Jonathan preacher. <laughs> Well, still, still cool preacher, bro. <laughs> Jonathan Preacher is he more than speaks, he preaches the word and in a wonderful rhythmical way. And mm. that's it's just like before we even started recording, we were just talking about recalling memories of the past mm. and how much we enjoyed it. And you mentioned something very interesting. You said made a reference to the scriptures where it says, enjoy your youth, mm. cherish your youth. And over the over the last the podcast has been running for over a year and a half now and over that time we've had guests come on and talk about how life was before and how life is now and how life they plan to have life so let's take it back because I know you have a very strong story and many people may not know this but the transition you had to have and the struggle you had growing up as a young person the peer pressure and all of those things having to find your own voice and your own person beyond Mm -hmm. all the peer pressures of life and just transform yourself who was what was who was Jonathan like if I remember from the as a teenager what was life like for Jonathan well you're really taking things back in the days <laughs> well yeah Jonathan back in the days as a teenager you would say he's shy mm. uh, you would say that he wanted attention just didn't know how to get it you would say he grew up in a home. Some may say a broken home, but I'll say it was a home with broken hearts. Um, it was a it was a scary place for him, especially in the area that he lived in. You know, living in council estates, and you know, just seeing gun and knife crime wherever he goes, um, even violence at school. Um, he was a leader, but he didn't believe he was a leader. And he was just so quick to just follow whatever was new or whatever was cool. Um, and yeah, man, he was had, a, you know, some anger management issues, but he didn't see that really. He just thought, this is me. Like, I get angry quickly. And he didn't really know how to deal with his anger. Um, his best way of dealing with his anger was to seclude himself from the whole world and to be silent. And that was comforting to him. Or sometimes he literally just takes walks to the park and just looks at the landscape of, you know, showing Northwest London um, and just think about life, man. Or sometimes chat to stars, be like, yo, there's my issues. I hope you're hearing me. <laughs> you know, um, he, he, he did go to church, you know, he didn't believe in God, but he knew there was someone there. Um, and, you know, whenever he was down, that's where he went to, to the stars, went to the sky and just chatted, share out his thoughts and feelings. So yeah, that, that was Jonathan as a teenager um, back in the days and before a big moment in his life when he joined, you know, the street gang life. And yeah, man, we could probably go into more of that later on. But yeah, that, that was Jonathan in a nutshell. Um, yeah. And do you know what's interesting about that? Because you talked about, I guess it's one of those things you always look at in hindsight. Mm. Articulating the way you did, it's looking back and saying things like he was a shy young man even the one you mentioned that he was a leader, but he didn't know he was and the confidence, but didn't know how to get attention. Mm. And so it's interesting when you say all of that, but one thing that really stood out to me, which is where we're going to dwell on a bit whilst also talking about the future as well, the present and the future was, Mm. I like the play on words. I don't know if you intend to use it like that, but you said 
some may call it a broken home, but it was a home with broken hearts. I know you're a writer, but I just feel that that was <laughs> very powerful. Can you share a bit, shed a bit more light on that, what you meant by that and what that looked like? Yeah, definitely. Um, it's so easy just to get along with phrases or the way people say things. So, for example, we all know the phrase broken homes. Yeah. But when you see a broken home, someone can refer that to the actual building of the home being broken. And you're thinking, wait, if there's a family living in a broken home, then how can they actually live in that home? Because if it's physically broken, yeah. that family will surely be moved out or they're probably dead. Um, but then some people may prefer it to, you know, broken home, meaning it's not the actual physical building of the home, but it's the family environment. But I thought to just take it deep, I was like, I feel like that's just, how can I say it? I feel like it's like a covering. We're not really talking about the main issue. Because when people really mean broken homes, they really mean broken hearts in those homes. Because in order for a home to be broken, if we're talking about the family, again, it starts with the hearts of the family. So with me, you know, I was um, the, I'm still the eldest child of, you know, three siblings. Um, I got two little sisters and one little brother. And back then, you know, I did with my mom and dad. And it seemed cool, you know. Mom was cool. Dad was cool. We just got to a point where, you know, arguments and, you know, issues were just occurring on a frequent basis, you know, as I was growing up into like primary school years. And I didn't know why. I thought I was the issue. I thought my siblings were the issue. I just didn't know what the issue, but it seemed that money was the issue since money was always mentioned all the time. And, you know, looking back, I was like, nah, man, like, it wasn't a broken home. It was just a home with broken hearts. And they just needed someone to fix those broken hearts because it seemed like us human beings can't fix broken hearts. You know, we're not capable of creating a heart. So how can we even fix a broken heart? Mm-hmm. And even I had a broken heart. But I, again, as I was sharing with you, in order to fix that broken heart, I was just staying silent. I was chatting to the stars. I was chatting to the moon. I was chatting to the sky, whoever was there, just yeah. to relieve myself. But it didn't work. It only helped out for the moment but not for the rest of the other years that was to come. And yeah, man, so didn't really had that strong relationship with my father. Um, you know, he's just, he was strict. Even though he was loving, he was strict and then like his strictness, didn't really get to do what I wanted to do. And yeah, we really didn't get along that well. And, you know, especially, I guess it's kind of like two men of the house, even though I was a young guy, but two men of the house, you know, it seems like they're trying to both lead or trying to do their own thing. But the younger one who was me, of course, didn't really respect that authority of the older man, which was my father. So yeah. it was kind of like always this battle between us. And, you know, eventually, sadly, you know, my mom and dad didn't get along. So my dad left the house. And then that opened the room for me as a young guy to, you know, build up that freedom and do whatever I want as the man of the house. Um, but then again, even though that happened, that just created more room for the hearts in that family, in that home to be broken. Because that the hearts in that room or in that home, it was just broken by issues that weren't so, you know, scars, pains, so many things that's just building up within us that just cause our hearts to just crumble. And there's no one else there to really put those hearts back together again. So that's what I mean about, you know, it's really about broken hearts in a home. Listen, I think that the way you explain it is so amazing because I think it's easy, like you said, it's easy to fall into a terminology or category yeah. or how people describe it without even really taking time to understand that. 
and I really, I really like what you said there because it also takes self-awareness to acknowledge and even humility to acknowledge yeah. where one could have done better, where viewing both sides of the coin, it's, it's, it's that level of maturity. And maturity, as we all know, it's not about age. It's yeah. about a person's decision to take accountability for things that are happening and things that are. And I, I like what you mentioned there in terms of to the two alpha males or the two men in the house that were trying to be um, show the dominance. And of course, one was the younger and one was the older. But for the listeners, because we, th- this, this podcast is called Journeys of Fatherhood because a lot of the people listening aren't fathers. Some of them mm. aren't even fortunate to be married yet. So they're really still finding themselves. Some of them could very well be still in that place where it's not a broken home, but maybe a home with broken hearts. How are those hearts doing right now? How would you say those hearts are doing right now? No, man. Um, it's, it's one of the ones where if you don't have someone to share your pain and feeling with, and you may pull it into activity, you know, probably like boxing, you know, probably like swimming, probably like rapping for me, you know, yeah. um, probably any other activity is it's good. But you need someone to respond to you. You know, it's good to share out your feelings, but if you ain't getting no other perspectives or wise advice, you know, you won't really move forward that much because you've just spoken it out or you just thrust it out for your actions, but it hasn't really been resolved within you. Um, so that's why I think what's going on at the moment with these broken hearts at home, because you got these different individuals who all have needs, which are not being met. But then these needs are always spoken out. And then the more they're spoken out and not being met, the more the issues build up, the more the anger, the anger bowls up. Mm. And, you know, one later or moment in time, if someone presses the wrong button on that person in that home, <laughs> then that broken heart is just going to burst out. It's going to bro- break even in, into more small little tiny pieces. Or there's just going to be a blowout between those two individuals or even more than those two individuals because things were not discussed. You know, there's one thing about speaking out your feelings, but there's another thing about discussing your feelings with someone else so that they can provide that support and that advice and help probably help you to see things from a different perspective. Because when we're sharing our feelings and thoughts, that's from our own perspective. We're seeing from a narrow channel. But then when we have, you know, helpful, honest and faithful people around us to kind of help us see things from a wider perspective, which might help make the situation make more sense, then it can have a healthy benefit to us. But, you know, sometimes it's in our human nature. We just like to do things on our own. We just like to share things on our own. And sometimes we just like to just listen to our own thoughts and feelings. And as the phrase, I don't care what anyone says. And that could be, <laughs> that could be a, sometimes a dangerous thing to say. I know. Trust me. And it's interesting you said that because now you talk about the fact that some people can be expressing it but not being heard. And the more you feel ignored or not heard, the more it just becomes worse. So taking that back to the teenage Jonathan through that journey and up until now, 
how has the relationship with your father, I, I know you said at the time he moved out. And if you don't mind me asking, how, is, how have, you, have you been working on that relationship? Or is there something you've learned from that relationship that's helping you right now? Yeah, yeah my definitely, man. Um, so right now, thank God, me and my dad are cool. Um, right. I literally spoke to him today. <laughs> WhatsApp. And yeah, man, it's only by God's grace. And, you know, I am a Christian, if no one didn't realize that. Yeah. And, you know, literally after being a Christian, that's when things change. You know, mm. after realizing what fatherhood meant according to what the Bible taught, what God set fatherhood to be like, and just seeing how he's been a father to me, because I didn't really look to my dad as a father, even after being a Christian a few months um, into that, I was still seeing, okay, what is a father? You know, what what is a father supposed to do? You know, and as a son, what am I supposed to do to a father? Mm. Um, but then from learning that, you know, through the Bible and especially the book of Ephesians and a few other books that really talks about fatherhood um, within the church and with the family home. I was like, wow, this is refreshing because I feel like I've been given the wrong perspective or the wrong teachings or even demonstrations of what a father should be like and act like. Um, so yeah, over those years, I mean, we um, it was only by you know just taking time out. And literally, I just remember one time, someone asked me you know there's anyone you need to forgive and I was like nope and I knew God just put my dad on my heart afterwards when I said that and it hurt me because I was like oh dang it man I, I forgot about that guy you know what I mean um and I remember I just burst in tears because I just remember the times he's hurt me I remember the times he disappointed me I remember the times he didn't even meet my needs sometimes um and I just knew that in order for me to advance in life with God and with other people I needed to forgive my dad so that moment I forgave him and I said, yo, the next time I see him, I need to see him with fresh eyes. And um, yeah, man, literally just took that time with just speaking with him after that and just sharing my thoughts and feelings again, you know, telling him, yo, this is the times I was upset. I'm upset for when you did this and that. And he did vice versa. And then from then we moved on. Um, don't get me wrong, during those, because that was 2009 when I became a Christian. So that's okay. more than 10 years, you know, we have been having our ups and downs, but we've been able to talk it out we've been able to you know bring it to prayer we've been able to chill together like I don't think I've been able to I think I've chilled so much more with my dad in my um, later years as a teenager than in my 30 years um, and yeah but it's just so wonderful that now I'm in a position of blessing him in terms of finances or time or even both like it's nice that wow I can do something for my dad um, so yeah, man, so we're healed, man, we're healed. And I thank God for that because now we can be examples to other people that, yo, there is hope for you to re reunite with your dad and for any fathers out there, there's hope for you to reunite with your son. Um, again, it takes two people to move together in the right direction. I like that. And what, what I always want to do, because so many people can hear this and for them, it may seem like a distant wish, a distant idea to those that are listening i know you said that of course you had that encounter where someone asks you is there someone you want to forgive taking that aside let's listen to that to to all those anyone that's listening in terms of practicality and mm. i know your approach was different but how could you encourage or advise people to take this journey because like you said it requires two so if one's trying and the other's not reciprocating how could you, how could that relationship work or those hearts be mended? Mm. No, I definitely hear that, man, because 
it's one of the ones where if, if both people want to benefit, then both people got to input. And in a time where some, there's probably some sons out there who are trying to get along with their dads, but they're being hard. But there's some dads out there who are trying to get along with their sons, and it's hard. Um, it's funny because I have family members who are in that situation, who were in that situation. So even though me and my dad kind of worked it out as well, and we're still working out, I can also see how one may be not putting in their load in the relationship. Um, but if you are in that situation and you're the one that's putting in the work, if you really, 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 and this is why I'd ask myself as well, you know, if you really, really want that relationship to be healthy and healthy can be that you're both at peace, but it may not be perfect, you know, it may not be great, but you're both at peace or you're at peace with a person, whether it's your father or your son, um, you know, the practical ways to get to that point and to maintain or even progress that point is always do your best to be, I won't say the good person, but to be the one that says, you know what, that you can look back and be like, I did my best. And because when you do that, you can look back, you know, before the day we all die or the before the day you die before your day or Sunday, you can be like, you know what, I did my best. Mm -hmm. to show love to my dad or to show love to my son. Um, because you don't want to look back and be like, dang, I wish I could have done better. You don't want that. And that's what I practically had to do when I, not gonna lie, my dad did do his best. And, and I think I learned that from my dad. He was doing his best. Even though he was, you know, moved out of the yard, he always did his best to visit us. And I think that's a practical way. Like if you're a father and you have no restrictions to see your children, do your best to be there, whether it's every week or every day. Yeah. Because that will that will have an imprint as it has of me, even though I didn't like my dad at that time. That had an imprint in my life. I was like, yo, this guy's determined to see his children and his wife, even though they're not together anymore. Um, and I think that's powerful. Even the time when I went to jail, my dad still came. Even though he was part of the issue, my dad still came to see me. Because he could have been like, oh, Banda, I don't want my son to see me. He's probably angry with me. But the fact that he still saw me, and I was still angry with him, by the way, when he saw me, he still tried his best to talk with me. Um, so that's, that's two things, you know, visiting, you know, do your best to visit your son or your father. Um, and the second thing, you know, do your best to contact them. If they don't wait for them, that's me. Don't wait for them to make the move. You make the first move. And I think, kind of like the first thing for me, um, if you are believing in Christ, what also helped me out practically was praying. Was praying and seeing, you know, what does it look like to not give up in situations where the other person is not putting their weight. And I'm gonna lie, I saw that in the life of Jesus, you know? Um, he literally went through so much that I probably haven't even gone through yet. <laughs> but yeah, he still pulled away, you know? He still pulled away of the heavy cross, cross and died on the cross for everyone, you know? Mm -hmm. He didn't wait for everyone to die. Uh, he didn't wait for everyone to be perfect. He way that way and be like, yo, I'm gonna do this for you and for everyone in this world and for everyone who's gonna come into this world and pay that price for us. So I'll be like, yo, he was my inspiration to continue to pray and even to do my part to reconcile with my dad. Um, so yeah, those are the three tips I would say that you can practically do if the other person is not putting their weight because you can't, you can't guarantee that they would, you can't guarantee that people would do their best. But what we can guarantee and what we can plan to do is to do our best. So yeah, I hope that helps someone out there. Definitely. I, I can definitely say that that is, an, that is a brilliant, a brilliant outtake and response to that question because it's what the whole podcast itself this is 
this this is the reason why I wanted to do this because it's a journey and whilst I'm not a father far from the stage of a father it's one of those things where I understand the importance of making the necessary moves because many people don't realize it but the relationship you have or you don't have with your father can affect the relationship you have with your kids yeah has a big impact play part to play in it and that brings me on to the next step in terms of the journey because right now we're really going through a journey so the teenage you and now <laughs> the young adult because like you, you said you eventually right now you your de- things are getting better things are much better with your relationship with your father but talk to us about the er- the transition from last like I was we were jokingly saying last time I saw you in person was you were still single now you're married and more than a year into your marriage more than that so it's one of those things where I wanted to know so how was that transition for you from that kind of rough beginning or rough child um, rough teenage years in terms of relationships with father and family to then becoming a young adult and then eventually we're going to take a stage so we talked about teenagehood how was the like I call it the the young adult stage so 18 to 22 oh wow oh wow okay we're taking it back there <laughs> yeah man of that man um in terms of manhood what, what identifying manhood. your manhood masculinity yeah. who you are as an identity yeah no nah, um it's funny because it's one of the ones as they say you know your teenage years is kind of like your forming years and I literally was leaving sixth form to go into university. And I thought, yeah, freedom. Even though I was staying at my parents' house. <laughs> Throughout uni. So I, was, I didn't really experience my full independency. But I can't lie. Thank God I stayed at home. Because the funny, the funny thing is that I, so by that time, you know, I was confident. I knew who I was. I knew my identity. Um, I knew who I liked. I knew who I didn't like. I knew my strengths. I knew my weaknesses. And at the same time, I made a decision um, to be single for a very long while because I we could probably talk on this on another time. But mainly I had I had bad past relationships in the sense that majority of the times I was the bad guy. And I wanted to, in a sense, rectify that by staying single and stop playing around with hearts of ladies. Um, so that was a turning stage for me. That was one part of me. Or right. This is what a man should be like. They should respect ladies. And that's what I wanted to take on. So this is where I was really building myself up to respect ladies, to treat ladies in a pure way. And at the same time, to examine my heart and to examine my lifestyle because I haven't really enjoyed being a single guy. I've just been moving from relationship to relationship. So this was a period of like, all right, during uni life, I'm going to enjoy being single. I need to know what it's like to be single and to serve God as a single person. So yeah, man, um, that was me at the beginning. And yeah, literally during uni time, bruh, I'm so glad I stayed at my parents because hey, if I stayed on campus, I, I would have turned out as a different guy. And the stories I was hearing from other unis, I was like, is this what's going up on campus? This is mud. Uni <laughs> life is crazy out here, bro. So I was like, I literally could have I literally saw myself like I was gonna go wild if I stayed at campus. So it was one of them ones. Don't get me wrong. Even though I wasn't at campus, there were still temptations out there for man. Mm. Um, because at the same time, I was, as a man, I, I, I needed to remind myself, who am I representing? First, mm. I'm representing God, Jesus Christ. And at the same time, representing myself as a young black man in Northwest London, 
from Ghana. So obviously there's people's views about Christians I and mean, there's people's views about black men. So I put these two together and I was like, okay, I definitely need to, I got a standard that I need mm. to live by. And that's what I did, you know? And my standards was, yo, love Jesus, love people and work hard. That was my principle from the get-go. And I thank God I stuck with that throughout the years of uni. And, you know, the fruits of that was that, you know, wasn't my pen. I was the Christian Union president. So again, I was tapping in, I was developing in um, my leadership skills or the gift of leadership, which I learned over the years that I had. And that was a blessing. Um, and at the same time, I was, you know, I finished uni with a first. I, that was my aim. That was my goal. And boom, I did it. Um, and at the same time, I didn't, you know, sleep around with any girls. And I thank God for that because that was my goal as well. Because I wanted to be a man that girl in, in my class and outside of uni can trust. Um, so these were things that I was growing into and planning and practicing um, during my uni years from 18 to 22. And, you know, being able to cover, you know, my first birthday being 21, you know, being able to throw my own party. Like, even I've done it before, but this had more that, money. We'll forget you see that. what I mean? I didn't get an invite so, for that, but let's just ignore that. <laughs> oh, bro, man, it was, it was a small one, man. It was a small one, man. Don't watch that. Uh, but yeah, so it was all these different things that I was practicing and living um, as part of being a man and was forming more of my character, more of my attitude, more of my personality um, to be the Jonathan I am today. And yeah, man, it, it was interesting. So yeah, that, 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 that's how I kind of like, Interestingly, marriage did come to mind, but I was thinking of getting married like around 30. Um, so it's funny how I got married earlier on. <laughs> so yeah, so that was like my lifestyle. So that they know. What is it? So what let the let the people know what age did you get married then? Oh boy, I'm probably gonna get bad comments. But um now I got married at the age of 25. So definitely a five-year early plan. <laughs> Listen, when it's time, it's time. Yeah, phone. Now there you go. That's it, man. That's it. I love it. I know you said that you want us, maybe we can catch up on it another time, but I really love what you're talking about. Cause prior to this, I was telling you that there's so much I thought about from the journey, from when I knew you to now that I believe is so timely that people need to get the right message. You know, from, you mentioned it briefly, dating relationships and all of these things. And I believe it's not talked about much, especially in a time where everything's so socialized. Okay. With, you know, people want to show that they're in relationships or doing something or next stage of something serious. And I always find that there are some, I, I, it scares me that I know, not that it scares me. I know some mm. of my male friends that have never not been in a relationship since the age of 13. Oh, wow. And I'm 25, turning 26 this year. So you can imagine 13 years in on and off, but most that one of them, mm. I know one particular guy, the most he stayed without being in a relationship is two months. So in terms of enjoying what you said, that was very interesting because many people don't think about it. Mm -hmm. And it's also you taking responsibility because you said for a while you decided, okay, for the, for a period of time, you're going to stay single. Yeah. You made that conscious, conscious decision. And also because you wanted to work on you more yeah. or less, that is what it was. So please, please, please share with us how that, so what made you come to that decision? How was that process? Because I believe some of the brothers out there yeah. need to understand there's also beauty in singleness for a season. Mm -hmm. No, nah, nah, thanks for pointing that out, man. And yeah, like, 
So what came to me, what helped me to come to that decision was that, you know, just, it was one of the ones where, because I was, well, at the time I was becoming a Christian, you know, I still had past relationship girls who still knew the old me. Mm. And I wanted to reassure them that I was no longer the old me, not letting them know that, yo, we can get back together again and try it out. But it was like, I know you probably don't want to get back together with me again, but before you leave this earth or before I leave this earth, I want you to know that Jonathan changed. Mm. Jonathan's a better man. Jonathan's different now. Um, and that was the message I wanted to give to him. And I didn't mind being friends with them again. Um, but for some of them, I didn't get to contact them again. Some of them probably got been blocked. Some of them I couldn't even find. Um, but for those who are still in contact with, I wanted to show that to them, um, whether it was in person or through social media or through, you know, other people talking about me. So with that in mind, and at the same time, I wanted to, even though I had the desire to get married, I wanted to make sure my future wife, wherever she was <laughs> at the time, to make sure that, you know, if she's watching me, I want to let her know that, yo, man's preparing myself for you. Right. As I was thinking, I hope you're preparing yourself for me because that was the mindset yeah. I had. So, you know, I mm -hmm. took it to prayer. And I'm not going to lie, I pray regularly for my future wife. Sounds weird, I know, but for yo, not God weird, knows my bro. future wife. Every night. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> So, um, so that was one of the practical steps I took. Another practical step I took was literally taking out a book. Uh, funny enough, I think I even got it. Um, what book is that? It, it was called um, Every Young Man, God's Man. And uh, literally, uh, um, so boom. So I've got the man's version now, which I finished reading. And I recommend everyone this book. Uh, so this one is Every Man, God's Man. But the uh, first book I had at the time, which was Every Young Man's God's Man. It literally go through, oh yeah, so it's written by Stephen Arterburn and Kenny Luck, for those who are watching on video. Okay. Um, fantastic book. So mainly, um, the younger version of that, it literally deeped what a young man can look like, or the principles of living as a young man in the eyes of God. And it literally went through all the issues that young man was going through, whether it was pornography, whether it was masturbation, whether it was peer pressure whether it was, you know, life issues, family issues, you know, father and son issues. It went through every aspect that I can even think of that I was experiencing or have experienced at that time. And that just, again, put me focused on my goal, you know, serving God, being single and enjoying being single. So with that, you know, reading on the regular, it was preparing my mind as well. I was going through uni um, and I took notes. You know, there was one thing where I was talking about, you know, accountability. You know, what yeah. brothers or male friends do you have out there who are looking out for you, who are making, who you, who do you have around you that can tell you off in love? Who do you have out there that can guide you to the right direction if you, you know, turn off the wrong, um, onto the wrong road? It was going through all these things and it was, and it went to the bit where it was like, you know what, Jesus Christ is the role model of how to be a man. And when I learned the principles that Christ gave, it helped me to live that out in life. Um, so again, one of the principles was, you know, treating women in a pure way. What does that look like? If Christ can forgive and not violate a prostitute woman and still love her, then how much more can I do the same for a lady who's not a prostitute, who may have, you know, gotten the wrong foot with other guys, but still be loved and be treated well? So these were the things where I started to look out for those who, you know, those not, not intentionally, but let's say in a classroom and, you know, there's a girl that, not everybody likes, not everybody's really supporting. And, you know, you know, they're struggling in their work. Literally, one day when the class was ended and I saw that there was one particular girl at the end of the class 
she was struggling. I went over to her and asked, yo, I knew I was great at maths because we're doing accounting and finance. Yeah. I said, yo, do you need some help? And I helped her out. And, you know, she appreciated it. And, you know, we're still friends here and there up from uni up to now. And I thank God I did that because now she has the imprint of, yo, Jonathan was someone that treated me well. Jonathan was someone that looked out for me. And this was the imprint I wanted to leave with ladies, you know, whether I knew them or whether I didn't, um, or whether they saw me from afar. Um, so that was another thing that I did. And, you know, first thing was meeting guys, you know, meeting genuine guys that I love, that they loved me and had time for me and I had time for them. So whether it was, you know, meeting up at church, uh, whether it was meeting up at uni or even over phone calls or even just, you know, I'd hold like um, mandem a few times, mandem sessions at my house a few times, just bringing guys over, playing games. I cook them some food, build, do some Oreo milk shake, and we just chatted about life, you know, and then we prayed for each other at the end. And again, you know, it was helping me to, you know, strengthen my manhood as a young man. And at the same time, I'm able to give and not only just receive as a young man. Um, so those were the kind of practical things I put into place and that helped me, you know, to enjoy singleness and to go about completing that journey. Because even during uni, I didn't know I was going to find my future wife there, but hey, I think it might have been a blessing mm. of me serving God and enjoying my singleness that, yo, I found my wife at uni, <laughs> which I, that was not the plan. <laughs> Listen, so, before yeah. we go on that, I, I love how you came to that. Before we go there, I just want to let you know, I'm just creating a mental list of all the yeah. different things that I didn't get to experience. So I didn't come to your 21st birthday. I haven't come to your house to eat. <laughs> Oreo, Oreo milkshake, right? I'm just ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. So don't worry, all yeah, of that will be sorted once all this COVID thing is cleared out. Amen. But now, you know, bigger and better. So just make sure you know that I'm making a mental yeah, yeah. note. You better make I a physical note. I, I, I made that. I made that. Cool. But, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm, it's really interesting that even in the midst of your singleness, you eventually found the person you were meant to and you would eventually marry. I find that so amazing because I know I'm, I'm a single man and I know some people are shocked when I tell them I've never been in a relationship before. Mm. And people are saying, but Chinadim, you need to, how do you know what it is like to be in a relationship or not in a serious relationship mm. or not? If you haven't, you know, go do this, do this, do this. And I know everyone's different. Everyone's journey is different. Yeah. And this is a conversation I have with God and I do speak to people and do take necessary steps when I feel there's something going on there. However, there is also this constant pressure on so many guys. I understand it's a bit more for the ladies because for them, most um, there's the idea that most ladies want to get married earlier. But for mm -hmm. guys, it's becoming very increasingly more so that, wait, you're a guy, you're not in a relationship. You're mm -hmm. single. And even now where there's dating apps and all of those things where anyone can meet someone easily. Yeah. It's no longer about, are you confident? It's more so, have you got data? Yeah, yeah. And yeah. <laughs> So it's one of those things where it's really good that you said that because I wanted to reassure a lot of guys that may still be single or even just speaking to someone that there's no rush, but it's just about being intentional in what you're doing and who you're developing as a person. Because I know there've been times where I, I, I had to take myself back because I would always ask myself, but what advice can I give this person? I've never been in a serious long-term relationship. So how can I help? Mm. But there are practical things that you said there in terms of focusing on being a great person to ladies in general. Yeah. Those are different attributes you don't need to do per se if you're in a relationship. And it's like now we're, we're, we've arrived where I want us to arrive. 
<laughs> we've arrived where I want us to arrive. So all full circle, the journey is complete, about to be completed. Talk to us about that time, how it's been from finding your now wife, back then whilst you were in university and completing that process by putting a ring on a finger. How was that journey? <laughs> I'll try my best to keep it short because there's so <laughs> many bits in that journey. But um, yeah, so many. So um, so many. Um, so she, my, my, my wife now, um, who wasn't my wife back then, she, we were in the both class in uni and we were studying the same subject. And um, the funny thing, she noticed me before I noticed her. So mainly, and you know, that when the they same do the story, she was like, is that what she'll say? Yeah, she always says that. And we always have this little battle. But obviously, we'll let the, we'll let the listeners and the watchers decide, innit? So mainly, <laughs> in the induction session, um, obviously, they ask you, you know, who's your name, who are you, and all that stuff. So they asked me, and I was like, yo, my name is Jonathan, and I'm a rapper. So I didn't see her at the time, but she was sitting at the back. And apparently, my voice was so loud, I don't even remember this, that she said, you know, Who's this guy saying that they're a rapper? So, um, and then literally, I was able to meet her in person when we were put into um, team meetings, I mean, team groups to work on a project. Yeah. So then I was team leader. And then, you know, I saw my wife, her name was De- Deborah, and I saw Deborah there as well. And I was like, okay, bear in mind, there wasn't that much black people in the class. So obviously, you know, as a black person, you're going to be prone to mix with black people. Um, yeah, so I was. Even though I was cool with everyone, I just thought, yo, you know, it would be nice to have someone who grew up, well, not grew up with, who looks like me, you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so I kind of connected with her, and obviously I found that she was quite a cheeky one. And uh, when it comes to me and cheeky girls, I like to test them, I like to challenge them a little bit. So I kind of did that with her, and yeah, just, we just took it to a next next level. Like, she became even more cheeky, and I was like, no, it can't be too cheeky with me, mate. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, after that, you know, doing projects and stuff, uh, we kind of like spoke outside of the Greek chat and just kind of get to know each other mm. and I realized she had a boyfriend and obviously again I was reminding myself bro you're staying single and you don't want to be messing around with girls you have a boyfriend so I thought all right yeah, bro, you're off the list we're just we're just classmates no <laughs> uh, friends just caught, classmates yeah man. just 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 classmates but what right. caught my attention was that you know she told me she was a Christian I was like oh I thought I was the only Christian up in this class so I thought, okay, you know, probably can talk more about faith and God and stuff. So we did that. And um, and I, I would do my, there was a battle. It was like, she seems so nice, but she got a boyfriend. And at the same time, I'm not looking for a girl. So I'm like, do I just leave it? Or do I just, you know, kind of like work on it? So um, this happened throughout the first year um, of uni. And then it got to the end of first year where, you know, um, where I just went to her bits because she's from Birmingham. So she went back home and she just and she asked, oh, you want to come Birmingham? I was like, oh, okay. I've been Birmingham before, but I don't know about your side of Birmingham. So we went Birmingham. Uh, she took me around. It was real nice. Even though I was looking behind my back to make sure her boyfriend was around. <laughs> uh, and yeah, like, on my way back home, I was like, I got to know her more outside of uni. Like, she was very bubbly, very nice. You know, shy here and there, kept her respect, kept her you know, presence. She wasn't a loud person, but she can be loud at times. And I just thought, why am I thinking like this? I'm not on getting a girl. Like, I don't know why these thoughts are coming to mind. So I'm just suppressing it, suppressing it every time it comes up. Um, so yeah, I kind of like spoke about it with my siblings, prayed it, prayed to God about it. And I was like, you know what, Lord, I want to check myself for six months. Check myself mean. I want to check my heart to just see if I actually like 
Deborah or not. And to see if she even likes me, because I'm a bit puzzled, like, you know, yeah. you're taking a tour with a random guy in your yard, in your hometown, and you're in a relationship. I was like, nah, something ain't going right. Something ain't going right. Let me, let me just check this out. So, yeah, so after the six months, I can't lie, because during that six months, I was praying, I was checking her, checking myself. Mm. And at the end, I can't lie, bro, in 2015, end of March, um, even after inviting her to my birthday, um, I was like, nah. inviting her. Huh? You purposely invited her, yeah? I wouldn't say purposely. Like, I just thought it would be nice. Like, if I'm inviting a few people from uni, definitely. Might as well invite her, you know? Very nice guy. Ah, this guy. <laughs> but, um, so, yeah. And well, I was surprised that she even came. Then I was thinking, oh, but you got a boyfriend. But I thought, you know, never be nice to me. But I still like, I liked her. Like, my genuine like for her was real. And I was like, all right, God, you know what? Weirdly, I have a piece that I actually would actually do a relationship with a like a serious one. Like mm-hmm. I was thinking long term, and you know, just from her attitude and stuff, and her personality, um, even her goals in life. You know, like she was loving God more than you know loving herself. You know, she wanted to be an interior designer. She wanted to really help people out, and she had a servant heart because she was in a Christian um, union as well. And I just saw her packing up chairs, helping people. And I was like, this is this is a lady that. I'm actually kind of looking for, but not now. Um, so yeah, I'm gonna lie, after praying, oh God, I'm actually happy with this lady and you've given me peace about this lady. And I was chatting to a few brothers here and there and they've they've got peace with it. Even like I got um like a spiritual father who I chat I chatted to, and you know, they were like, yo, you know, if you got peace and you know, you're you're choosing to commit to this lady, then hey. And I was confident saying, the thing was, the thing that got me was that I was confident to say, I'm willing to commit to this girl for the rest of my yeah. life. And I don't think I've ever said that to any other girl, even though I've met quite a few girls during the time. I don't think I had that confidence to say, I'm actually willing to live with you. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so when I had that confidence and that confirmation, I was like, you know what? Let me, let me go ask her. And if she says no. She says no. Like, <laughs> I ain't gonna force anyone to be my wife or my girlfriend. You know what I mean? Um, first time I flopped because I was like, I can't lie. This is my first time asking a girl out as a Christian. So I literally said, Yo, Jesus, I know you didn't go out with no girl then, but how how do you do this? Like, how would you do this thing? Bro, big man thing. I literally said that to God. <laughs> I was like, Jesus Lord, chat to me. Big man thing. Like, I, I needed God's advice because I didn't want to mess this up. Oh, and sick. this was gonna be my first Christian relationship. So I was like, yo. <laughs> I need to make sure I've got this on point out here. <laughs> what would Jesus do, yeah? Oh, bro, there you go. What would Jesus do if he was asking to get out? So um, so now, big man thing, like, I just, it was just one of the ones where just be, because if you're going to marry her and she's going to marry you, she's going to marry, exactly, she's going to marry you. Mm. So um, so I just came with, a, with, I came with the same Jonathan attitude that she always met. And obviously, I kind of put some tricks in there, you know, that was the old me. Um, but it flopped because when I told her, oh, you know, there's a particular girl, I like, boy, her face, her facial expression just changed. I was like, oh, flip, I'll say something wrong. And I told her, oh, she's a particular girl. And she was like, whoa. So if I'm a particular girl, what other particular girls do you have? I was like, oh, come on, Johnny. You already flopped at, at stage one. Like, come on. So I told her, okay, I'll come back to you again. So next time I came up straight and I just told her that, like, yo, you know, we've been classmate friends for a while. And these are how I've been thinking and feeling about you. 
Um, and I just told her, yo, I'm, I'm, I actually would like to start a long-term relationship with you, not no short-term. And she was amazed. Um, and I was amazed because she said, yes. <laughs> I was like, whoa, okay. So, <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was in 2019, um, in April, the 22nd. Yeah, I remember the date, man. I had to, to stamp that, bro. I had to stamp that down. Um, and since then, um, up to the time I put a ring on it, during that period, because I put a ring on literally a year after that, um, in 2018. No, wait, well, that's not a year after a while. But 2015, so I put a ring on it 2018. So during those three years, it was literally, we're like, all right, we need to meet each other's family. So, you know, she saw my family. I saw her family, went up to Birmingham. They checked me out. My family checked her out got green lights. The fact that I even stayed at her place because I missed my train like a donut. Um, National, my coach, one of them. And um, I remember one of her brothers, which is, he was massive. He's still massive. He's flimming like 6.9 feet, bro. Um, and, and bigger than me at the time I met him. So I was shook. I was like, this is your little brother. <laughs> but then even after that, he asked me, yo, bro, after I missed my coach or train, he was like, yo, bro, like, how do you go from many girls to one girl? And that was just a highlight to me. I was like, whoa, like you haven't even met me more than a day and you're asking me this question? That just taught me that somehow we really built a strong connection. Somehow he's really trusted me as a person, but not only as a person, he trusted me as someone to look after his sister, older sister. Mm -hmm. So from then that gave me a high responsibility that I'm not only, how can I say it? It was like, I'm actually having an influence on her family already. And I was like, you know what, God, I need to take this relationship seriously. Because if I break her heart, there's many other hearts that can be broken. Mm. So I really took this seriously um, in a sense that I had to make sure I cut any strings I had with previous exes. I had to make sure I wasn't flirting with any other girl. And I had to make sure that the way I presented myself at uni, outside of uni, people know that, you know, all right, Jonathan is with someone. Not saying I blared out that, yeah, I'm with someone. Yeah. But He's carrying himself well. You see what I mean? Um, so that's what I did, man. And during those three years, not gonna lie, we had our ups and downs. Um, there was a time I got even angry when some guy was chirps in my my um Deborah and literally I was over the phone. Um, and yeah, we had to sort it out because I upset her, came down to the campus and we talked it out. Um, so there was times of healing and reconciliation, but we were both still looking towards, you know, getting married. Um, but she didn't know when I was gonna propose. So 2018. Cause I wanted like two or three years just to get to know each other a bit more and mm. to see, you know, if we're both, even though I was still on it, but to make sure that she was still on it, getting married. Um, and yeah, it got to a time where I was like, you know, I was chatting to my boys and they're like, you know, what are you waiting for? Cause he got married um, in 2017. I think he was like, yo bro, what are you waiting for? And I was like, I don't know what, if I'm ready. And he was like, well, bro, if you want to marry her, you know, Drop, drop the question and it made me think I was like you're right what what am I waiting for like don't get me wrong I didn't want to check the family more I didn't want to see her outside of home outside of uni you know how yeah. she's in events how she is with me alone and I'm like I was satisfied I was like what what am I waiting for so then I was like yo let me just save up the money to buy a ring and when I got the money I proposed um obviously I had to ask her, her parents for the hand and stuff I remember growing up there um, and I asked her, asked her parents, and then literally, as soon as I asked, um, chat to her parents, she came in, and she was like, what's going on? I was like, don't worry, man, <laughs> don't worry. 
She almost blew your cover. Oh, wow. No, bro. Like, my wife, she can be a bit nosy. But, you know, I got to tell her everything. Um, so, yeah. So, in 2018, ooh, the 12. Got the date now. 20. Listen, she's, list- she's going to be listening. I know. To she's probably listening through that room. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's the 24th or 28th of August, 2019. Um, no, not 2019. 2018. Yeah. Um, that I proposed to her in Birmingham. Um, yeah, she was she was blown away. She she's not even blown away. She actually ran away from me when I proposed, and I was I was like stuck on my knee. I was like, Did I do something wrong? Is this how it works? <laughs> how it works. You, know, you see in the movies, you don't see girls running away. They're like kneeling down, Start crying. Like, yeah, my girl ran away from me. I was like, just think like, what did I do wrong? <laughs> you know what I mean? Uh, but oh, like, she was just she was just overwhelmed. Like yeah. she didn't realize she didn't like comprehend the moment mm-hmm. so whatever it was lovely that you know she accepted me and wanted to marry me and i was like yep yeah, i'm glad i'm glad i waited and learned about her more during those three years um and yeah since what 2018 till now um yeah man we got married in 2019 and yes as you said it's been more than one year man coming up to two years next month 14th of mm-hmm. september so yeah that's the journey bro I tried to make it short, but hey, yeah, listen. I think I think that's the real the real thing. There's so much to pick up from this because I said, "What would Jesus do, bro?" <laughs> I, to, I literally had to ask Jesus, man. I was like, "Man, he knows how to get to a girl's heart, so he's the one creating hearts out here." So I needed it tips, man. <laughs> when her heart was with someone else, he said, "God, only you can take someone's heart from." Where it is already. So how can I take There you her? go, man. Listen, I go. love it. And I appreciate you being honest with that because it's one of those things where I'm I'm more interested in the journey than the final destination. Mm. In everything I do, in everything I see people do, I always want to know how did they get there? What was the journey? And I thank you so much for letting us and the viewers and the listeners into your journey. And it's been an amazing conversation. It's been an amazing conversation because I've just been laughing, been thinking, I've been <laughs> reflecting. It's, it's been a wonderful thing. And for all the listeners and viewers, please, 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 you feel free, feel free to write me a message or contact Jonathan. I'm going to put his socials as well on this. If you have any, like you heard him say, they've got a YouTube channel, Marriage and Money, if I'm correct, in that order. Yep, that's it. Marriage, they talk about Marriage and Money, YouTube channel. His, he's also, like you said at the beginning, He's an accountant. He's also a consultant. They're doing one-to-one lessons, um, one-to-one coaching or one-to-one sessions with couples and helping them ma- manage their money and in the marriage. So it's so much that you can cover with this. And please, please, please feel free to listen to this all through again or watch it all through again because it's easy to miss so many things. I know whilst I'm getting this ready for you that there's so much I'm going to be p- putting aside for myself because it's it's been a wonderful time, man. And yeah, I really bro. appreciate you coming on this because you definitely preached today, Mr. Preacher. <laughs> oh, man, no, it's been a pleasure, man. And yeah, it's one of them things where you just continue to learn. And once you learn, you practice. And once you practice, you go and share with other people how it works for you. And that's that's what I do. Like, literally, when I say, like, ask Jesus, you know, how to do it, I encourage people, yo, ask Jesus how to do it because he's he's God. You know, he knew how to create a world in six days. Like, mate, mate, I don't even know how to even create an island. So, <laughs> for him to create a world in six days, he must know, you know, the best way 
and the godly way to, you know, ask a girl out. You know, it may be a bit crazy about this. You know, they may say, you know, but bro, you went out with fast girls back in the days. You should know how to ask a girl out. If you knew how I asked to get out, you would. I don't think my wife would yeah, like that way. Just keep it down. You, know I mean? you see where I'm coming from. Um, so yeah, man, not nah, definitely, bro. It's been great. It's been great, hey, man. Quick um, disclaimer, though. Um, that yeah. don't mean that all the guys out there. If you see a lady that's in a relationship, you just go up to her and try to take her. Just speak to God about it first. You know. Yeah. That's 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 not the formula. If she's taken, nah, then nah, you can nah, take nah, her. Nah, nah. Just just think about that, fellas. Oh, man <laughs> but thank you so much i know i mentioned it briefly but just to let people know that are listening or watching what's the best way to contact you yes uh you can definitely contact me on instagram at preacher official that's all one word at preacher official um definitely holler at me even at my wife uh, marriage and money so that's marriage dot letter n dot money um, Instagram again and yeah man like I'm we're happy to you know chat to you we're open um I was there you're gonna say you can mention us on YouTube but I don't think you can do that unless you want to comment put comment, put your yeah. message in our comments <laughs> in a video I like that yeah feel free to do that but yeah man you can holler at me in those those social media contacts uh, thank you so much and thank you to the missus for giving us this time and it's <laughs> It's been amazing and I'm looking forward to hearing what everyone has to say about this because there's so much to say about this conversation we've had. Until until next time, thank you so much, bro. It's been amazing having you. Nah, definitely, bro. It's been great. Thanks.